As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to a pre-draft out of the pack football season again football's in full swing match nyman bill huber and our special guest nate tice wide receiver extraordinaire and we're doing this podcast which guarantees that the packers will not take a wide receiver or any of the ones that we're going to talk about but nate's dived into the wide receivers um you think chris olave would be a good fit for the packers that's the name that has come up most often at least it seems, when people are kind of associating who the Packers might take. Why do you think he'd fit well in Green Bay? Well, first off, you know when you can get a Wisconsin Badger talking receivers and passing game, that you got to do it. You got to do it, you know, because <laughs> we, we're all experts in the passing game when we come from Madison. But um, I, I really, really like Alave's game. I, it's, he's different than what the Packers go for at that position. They really do seem to have a weight threshold with their guys. Olave's game is like, he's the exception. Like he is like the guy that would really blend into any offense, any situation. I think his floor is one of the higher floors I've seen from a receiver in a while in the sense that he he's a number two, like at, at the very least, he's a very good number two that can eat a bunch of targets with some upside to him because he has some athleticism, the knock against him is size, of course. And then some people are saying, Oh, you know, he doesn't really create yards after the catch. It's kind of, he's like just, board almost <laughs> um he's never gonna be the guy that jukes and makes five guys five guys miss but he can split guys because he has enough speed and take the top off the defense so um just a real complete player and i think with the packers it just makes sense because it's how he wins as a route runner he's an advanced route runner already he's got great ball skills so that sounds like someone that aaron Rodgers would love <laughs> you know that can contort his body in the back shoulder that can win every one-on-one situation so that's why i see a lobby be kind of the exception to the rule of maybe packers receivers and Bill, we've talked about, you know, how Aaron Rodgers hasn't exactly gelled with rookie receivers, but that's mostly been because when guys like Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams came in, it wasn't because they weren't good per se. It was because they didn't need to be a number one. You know, the only time really someone was thrust into a role that they weren't prepared for was when Jordy Nelson tore his ACL in the 2015 preseason. And Devontae had to, you know, step up into that number one role and he wasn't really ready. Do you see that being kind of 
an issue if if they do take one. They might not take one. They might trade for Debo Samuel and, and just not draft a receiver. <laughs> well, I, they're not going to do that. Can you imagine Kyle Shanahan doing anything to help Matt LaFleur out? I mean, come on. That's not going to happen, Matt. Right. Um, You're right, though. I mean, Rodgers has always had one established guy here, if not two or three. So this is – so you're right, Matt. He, he hasn't had to have this great chemistry with their rookie receiver because, you know, he's always had – Nelson here, or Nelson and Jones, or or Nelson and Jennings. It's, it's always been a a very experienced group. So this is different. He'll make it work. He will throw he will throw Joe Rookie a million passes in training camp. They'll put Jair Alexander on him, right? It's like they put Alexander on Devante early to get Jair ready. They'll put Jair on Joe Rookie to get him ready. They'll they'll figure it out. I wouldn't be I wouldn't let Rogers' history with rookies dissuade you from thinking that that rookie player will be an impact guy. That is if Jair shows up and has a contract extension by that's a different podcast Matt that's another show (laughs) um yeah I I think in a couple weeks we'll get to the discussion of Aaron Rodgers isn't at OTAs he's such a bad teammate because he's not putting in the time to get these reps with Olave or uh Jones from Tennessee or whoever they draft but um let's say they don't take one round one because Nate, you think, or I don't know if you think, you predicted that they'll take Devontae Wyatt. I think edge rusher and offensive tackle and defensive line are are three needs that would not surprise me if the Packers addressed before receiver. Why do you think Wyatt? And then going off that, give us a name or two to watch in the second, third rounds, because the Packers have three picks over those two rounds if they don't take a receiver in the first round that you think would, would be a good fit for them on, on day two. Yeah. I, I think just, they like to replenish the, the Packers are sitting in a pretty nice spot. Like doing this exercise was fun for me because it's a reminder of wherever everyone's rosters are at after free agency. And also just kind of like, okay, like what's the plan here? Kind of this guy's contract might be coming up. Like, do they use this guy's rotational? So that's why I went with Wyatt. Uh, Cause just seeing how the defensive line's built, you know, going with the drawn read type at, at that position. Cause what's nice about Wyatt is he can kind of move around the line. He can be an outside like a five technique. He can go in the three technique. He can kind of four eye. And that's kind of what Joe Barry has done with his defense alignment, depending on, opponent sometimes and just like shifting the, based on what the offense is doing and just how they want to get to their front. So that versatility is really nice. Um, I actually think I like the value there for him as well. Receiver wise. And that's what a lot of these receivers last year's receivers. And even maybe even two years ago, maybe had more top end. This receiver class has a lot of good players between that kind of 20 to 60 range. And where do the Packers have a lot of picks? You know, know where they have four picks in the 20 to 60 range. So, yeah, kind of I, – I haven't seen the need – George Pickens to me, and that's who I had the Packers taking uh, at 28, right? That's their second pick. Yeah, 28. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, uh, George Pickens going there because size threshold. That's what always is reminded to me with the Packers receivers, and that's when you're picking these guys. Like, I would love Jahan Dotson for the Packers, but – I don't think they'll go for that. Uh, Olave is the exception. That's like the one guy I could see him maybe going because he's so pro ready and you could see him, you could squint and see him in there. So with Pickens, why I went with that, I have more of a middle second round grade on Pickens and I've seen a lot of buzz get brought up with him right now. He's very straight line. He's a ball winner. And I think those types of guys is what Rodgers might like and what they might like as far as size. They have to block. They want all their guys to block um, as we've seen from MBS and Lazar and all these guys. 
And so a guy like Pickens, he can bring that. He can be that power slot role is what I like to call him, just a big interior guy or an outside windows balls. I don't think he's a great route runner at this point in time. He's very vertically, vertically based. Um, but that was why I slotted it there. Just kind of fit, you know, need value. As far as second round, the other guy that's that type of ball winner, long guy is Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. And I would love him in the second round for the Packers. If they don't go receiver first round, I would love him. If, if he's around at 53 or if they bump back from 28, you know, that kind of range, he's getting more and more love. When I, I originally had him as like a high second round grade, and I kind of, even Robert Mays, uh, co-host, my co-host, mm-hmm. kind of was like, wow, you're really high on him. I was like, yeah, and I've seen more and more people kind of go, I, I call him a hipster pick where it's like, oh, I like him in the second. And someone else goes, I like him in the first. You know, you kind of like, that's that indie band I just heard, you know, three years ago. I had his first album so much better than his second album. Like, that's kind of what Alec Pierce, one of those types of guys. Pickens is a little bit like that, too. But I would really like Alec Pierce in the second round for them. I'm not high on Christian Watson. Um, I think he's a late third type of guy, project type of player. Uh, But, yeah, Pierce is a guy. Jalen Tolbert is another one. Uh, more vertically, uh, you know, vertical guy that can win some balls and adjust for that. Those are the type of players I'm, I'm looking at for the Packers. I want to hit on a couple of guys that you mentioned there on Dotson. Can he be anything besides a slot? I think he could be fine outside, but be a, a terror on the inside. I, I had no issues with him against physicality. I think he could win on the outside, but it's that's why I like him is that even though he's a smaller guy, I compared him to Tyra Lockett. If that kind of gives you a nice snapshot of what he is, it's like ideally on third down, you have him in the slot, but he can be a Z and, and win against press. And he's got great feel for zone and he plays really big. That's why I liked him. He's 5'10", but he plays like he's 6'2", because his hands are so, so good, and his catching range is, too. So that's why I don't see as many blemishes and size, you know, deficiencies when he's trying to go against bigger corners. Like, they try to, like, really press him and stuff. I didn't really see too many issues. All right. You mentioned Watson, too. His dad was drafted here back in 93. I talked to three scouts about him last week, and two of them predicted that he'd be, pick- that he'd be taken the first round, not by their team because they don't want him, but they thought because he's so big and tall and fast that he'd be a first-round guy. My question is, why can't he catch? I, I don't know. He's why got humongous hands, right? But he drops too many passes. And he also plays small in contested right. catch situations, which is the big red alert for me. He falls away a lot. He okay. he kind of like he doesn't just plant his foot in a high point. I want to be like, did you ever play basketball? Like, did you, like <laughs> you have you ever yeah. gotten a rebound? Like, but that's why I didn't like him because he plays small. He's the, him and Dotson are basically the flip of each other. Like it's. Watson plays small, Dawson plays big. And it's that those types of guys. He's only had he barely he only played like a third of their snaps last year. And and I know North Dakota State is like I just made a joke about Wisconsin football. North Dakota State is even more run heavy and heavy personnel heavy, but that's still worrisome for me. If you're a dominant FCS player, you should be on the field every freaking snap, especially at North Dakota State. Uh, I know it's a good program and all that. So that that worried me. Uh, that's why, like what you're saying, I'm hearing that buzz too, that he might go in the first round, and I'm like, I, I can't do it. <laughs> I just, I, I just can't, I, I want to like him, but it's like, I'm staying with my third round on him. That makes sense. What one guy that fascinates me and I think the Packers would probably have to trade up and get him. Um, and I don't see them trading up in this draft. Nate, I'm curious if you think any of, any of the receivers, uh, a, a London, uh, um, Garrett Wilson and this guy that I'm about to bring up are worth trading up for even to pick 17 from 22 is Jamison Williams. Like I remember we sat down with Matt LaFleur in uh, Palm beach at the owner's meetings. And he said, we need speed, a guy who can take the top off. 
And I took that as more of we need to replace MVS than we need to replace Devontae Adams because MVS, yeah, he was maddening to watch for fans at times, but probably more valuable than the four catches for 120 yards and two touchdowns every eight weeks was what he opened up underneath for Devontae and Lazard. Jameson Williams seems like a guy who can take the top off, but they need a guy to produce now. Um, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers may not have the patience to wait until week eight to do that, but is that a guy that would be worth, or any of those guys, worth trading up a couple spots for? Yeah, I love Drake London, but he is not speed. <laughs> uh, so that I would love him for the Packers if they were comfortable with not having a, a guy to take the top off because he, I, I love his game. I really do. Inside, outside ability. Um, just a true ball winner and a better route runner than he's been given credit for. And, and I just, I'm a big, big fan of his. Um, Jameson Williams is, I'm never comfortable trading up for a receiver. Like that's just always my philosophy in, in general. Jameson Williams, I think he has the one thing that every team loves and that's speed. And for that reason, I really do think he'll be the first receiver off the board, even with the ACL. Yeah. And so I think he's going to go a little higher than people realize. And that just, that's not like a source I have or anything. That's just me reading between the lines, seeing what these types of guys, Henry Ruggs was the first receiver off the board a couple of years ago. NFL teams are going to fall in love with speed. They just are. Yep. Cause just for that reason, what you brought up with MBS, and I'll think of a better football player than that, that can actually, you know, get open against press and all those types of things. Um, yeah. So it makes sense as far as the speed comments, it's just that I wouldn't be comfortable trading up for it. And I don't think it, the timeline really matches for what, for what they want. And also, what was the other guy that you brought up? Did you bring up uh, Garrett Wilson? And, Garrett Wilson, yeah. Yeah, Garrett Wilson. Same kind of question marks I have with Olave as far as size. That's also Garrett Wilson's issue. He has more issues against press and physical corners than I think people have kind of – everyone sees the yards after the catch with him, mm-hmm. and, and he is dynamic. Don't get me wrong. But he's more like Brandon Ayuk where he's not a finished product yet. I think he still has to re, you know, really work on the more receiver-type things. Uh, as far as, you know, route running, just being understanding where he has to sit against zone, like he can be kind of a wild horse a little bit. So that's a guy that I've seen get a lot of hype. I like him, but I don't love him where people are going like, I would take him number nine. I would take him 10. I would, okay. He's more like a 26, 27, 28 to me. That makes sense. Um, I was going to ask before I even saw that you listed the Packers as one of this guy's good fits. He's His name has stuck with me since before I cover the Packers, I was covering the Raiders and the uh, college football national championship game was in the Bay area. So I helped out covering that. And it was the Clemson, Alabama game when Clemson won and Justin Ross, we were like this, this guy could be a top five pick right now. It's amazing. And then he's kind of just fallen off a little bit, mainly because of injuries. It seems like a huge risk to take, but is there a point in this draft let's say the Packers get want to double up or even triple up where you'd be comfortable taking a flyer on him because they have Sammy Watkins. They have Amari Rogers. Just get an entire Clemson wide receiver core and call it a day. It's like drafting Kentucky basketball players. Exactly. Just like, just uh, the stats aren't that great, but just take a chance on them. It's but, like uh, when Mike Mayock the year, because I remember I talked to Mike Mayock on the field before that national championship game. And then he goes and drafts Cleland Furl. Hunter Renfro right. and Josh Jacobs, who all played in that game. <laughs> right. I know they only watch the CFP. The I love Justin Ross. I I evaluated him. I, I I kind of I think some other people are like this. Other people will start 
chronologically, where say they'll watch 2019 and 2020, 2021. I start with most recent film and work backwards. Then you can see improvement. You can see kind of what they are because, I mean, it's most recent time. So might as well see what they're going to enter the league as. Right. And I watched Justin Ross. I'm like, this guy's a an axe. Like, this guy's a good player. Why am I not? And his stats aren't great. He played with a god-awful quarterback play last year with DJ. Uh, I, I call him DJU. He's like a – he's like he throws it like Byron Leftwich in a bad we way. Delele or something Yeah, like DJU. But, I mean, those balls are sailing 10 yards over his head. And he's not right. getting frustrated. He Next play, he's blocking and burying a guy. He's winning. He's another guy kind of like London where he's long, but he actually can sink on his routes. And that's more important than people realize because DBs are so good in the NFL that if you're not able to sink and come out of your route, as, especially in a big frame – corners are just going to pop you and you'll just really, and then you crowd the sideline and the quarterback can't get the throw to you. So I think Justin Ross, I have a high second round grade on him. I basically had a borderline first round grade on him, Really, but his medicals are just God awful. And that's where that's the classic where I have him as a film grade and where you would take him. And I wouldn't be comfortable with him until end of the third, you know, just because the medicals, it's scary. Like he's going to be just spinal stuff is scary because other stuff comes from that. Like other injuries will crop up. And that's been his, you know, that's his big deficiency is his injuries. I wasn't worried about his testing because he didn't train for it. So I'm like, whatever, because he plays fast and he plays faster than that four six that he ran. I think he's more like a low four five guy, but I'm a huge fan of his. I think the Packers are in a decent position to take one. If he did like in round four at one thirty two. Like if he's still there, like screw it, take a flyer on him because he could be your ex receiver. Like that's the type of guy you take in that late third, fourth round. If he hits and he's healthy, wow, we got to start player right. out of nowhere. Who do you like? You know, Lafleur talked about you know, and Matt referenced him too the the need for a fast guy. Who do you like out of those fast guys? What Velas Jones and Thornton and you know Danny Green, all those guys who are fast but not super hyped. Yeah, um, uh, Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama. Sit, yep. I think he's a great deep ball guy, great body control. He was a late riser for me. Other people were higher on me, and I rewatched him. I was like, okay, I, I get it now. Um, Tyquan Thornton from Baylor. He ran a flow 4-2, and he's tall and long. He has tiny hands. Not great in a right. contested catch situation, but if you need a guy just to take the top off, that's that's your guy, and that's more of a fourth-rounder type, you know, early day three type. Um, those two, yeah, Vilas Jones, I like as more of a gadgety guy, as more of a – auxiliary player kind of like a poor man's Randall Cobb actually that's kind of how I kind of look at him maybe as his NFL career um I'm not as high on him as other people are but you know I get the argument for him but really those two I I really like what Jalen Tolbert does as far as taking the top off um I'm trying to think with some other deep ball guys like Pierce actually is a deep ball guy that like he that he that 4-4 speed is real um so but he's also another guy to take the top off See, I like Velas Jones because the Packers don't have a kick returner, and he can. So, I mean, you're, you're you're filling two picks with with one guy that with that. You know, like Kylan Hill. Yeah. Um. No. Matt, how about you? Well, he needs a second knee before he can return any more kicks. And that was a that was a brutal hit. Ironically, on, on, on a kickoff return, he never should have taken out. Towards ACL zone, but... on a kick return, he took out from eight yards deep when the Cardinals yeah. were already at the fifteen yard line. Yep. Yeah. Um. Let's get that sounds, that sounds like Kylan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bro, a couple I'm questions. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Before we get out of here, um, and we can go quick roundtable uh, on this. Even if the Packers select a top receiver prospect in the first round this year, don't you think they still need to trade for a more established name as well? A receiving core of a Watkins, Lazard, Cobb, Amari Rogers, and insert first rounder doesn't seem dynamic enough to me. And that's from Nathan Funk. I, it's F-U-N-K-E. I'm assuming your name is your last name isn't Funky, so I apologize if it is. Tobias um, Fuque. I, I just don't <laughs> it's that's possible too. I just don't think, especially with how much they're gonna need to value rookie contracts with the you thought this year's cap situation was bad. Wait until Aaron Rodgers' future cap hits come into play. They're gonna need as many rookie contracts as possible. And I just don't see them giving up the draft capital it would take, plus the contract, to draft or or to trade for a guy like A.J. Brown's not going anywhere. D.K. Metcalf, Debo Samuel. The Seahawks and Niners aren't going to trade their top receivers to the Packers anyway. So, you know, it, it would be nice if they could do that, but this is the Green Bay Packers. And as the the wise Devontae Adams always says, we've been here long enough to know that all these names are going to come up and the Packers are going to be associated with them, but they're never really a team since, you know, Charles Woodson that has made that massive, massive splash. They don't chase. That's what the Packers do. That's how they've always been. They don't right. chase. They just kind of do everything at their own pace. Um, I agree with you. I don't. I I think it's one drafted receiver, and maybe two. Like a, a I honestly, if gone to head, I really do think they wait till the second round to take a guy, and yep. then they take another guy day three, and a guy like a Vilas Jones or something that's more of a gadgety returner specialist type of guy. And I think that's it. Uh, they have. I don't think they're ready to move on from Amari Rogers. I know he had if he, you know, rookie year, but they're not moving on from him. They don't move around from third round picks that quickly. So it's so you just look at the rest of the roster. That's four receivers right there. <laughs> you know, like and teams carry five, sometimes six on game day. So I I don't know. I just don't really see them trading for another bet. Right. It just doesn't add up. No, no, no cap space in like yes, they they need the draft picks. And I mean, seriously, who's I mean, Metcalf and and Debo are gonna cost what? Twenty million a year, yeah, at least eighteen. Right, I mean, just look at just look at how many humongous contracts they already have on the roster. Almost every position group has one. You, you can't you can't pay for everybody. Yeah, that's what happens when you're good at drafting players like David yeah. Bakhtiari, Jair Alexander, Aaron Rodgers. Like, just look at their defense. It's just Aaron like, Jones. I mean, Gary's coming up. I mean, Jesus, you can't. It's got a lot of guys. Elton Jenkins is coming up. Yep. I mean, yeah, you just if everyone wants to talk about, oh, why don't the Packers sign this guy, trade this guy, just look at Devondre Campbell's contract and look how they had a monkey math that one <laughs> just with all the years and stuff like that. That's the situation the Packers are going to be in for a little bit. And that's not even taking into account. I mean, I know, Bill, you said Aaron Jones, but I think 
AJ Dillon could is going to be better than him. I think they're right. going to cut Aaron Jones after this season to save a bunch of cap space, and then they're going to have to extend AJ Dillon for probably more than they did Aaron Jones. Yeah, um, Dillon's a hell of a player, man. He is he's so much fun to watch. He's like, we, we've carried three guys story. every rep. We've told this story on here before, but Bill was at what were you at AC Tap in Door AC County? Tapping, yeah. yeah. And what AJ Dillon recognized you and gave you his wings for free? Yeah, really? he asked. He, he came. I, I asked him to come over to our table because my kids are there. So can you hate? Yeah. When you have look, the guy is the mayor up there. I mean, he, seriously, he's a, he's sworn by everybody. He said, "Hey, when you have a minute, can you just come say hi to my kids?" And he asked us what we we're having. And everybody said that we we're getting for wings, and he goes, "The garlic parmesan, the best." And he came back five minutes later with his order of garlic parmesan wings and gave them to us. I mean, what a guy! <laughs> Guys, that's awesome. That's so, so cool to hear. I know you love hearing that stuff when you just yeah. hear those random good stories on these guys. <laughs> no, but he's, I mean, yeah, like you said, though, that's that's the curse of drafting well. Like even a team like the Cowboys, they they do weird stuff with their, their contracts anyways. They like to reward their guys, but they were they hit on a whole bunch of guys. And it was so now they're they're hitting that point where after they pay Dak, now they have to make these hard decisions on their guys. So right, yeah, that's that's the curse of that. All right, a couple more from Steve Heilmeyer. I know we touched on a couple of these guys, but who is Nate's preferred pairing of wide receiver draft prospects for the Packers? So so, so let's say they do take one day two, day three. If you were Brian Gutekunst and, and you didn't take one in round one, who would be your ideal t- pairing for days two and three? Pierce would be my day two guy. Okay. I, I, I think that is just timeline just he he might not light the world on fire as a rookie but like he's one of those guys after the bye week his rookie year he really comes along because he's still developing as a receiver but that's i i think that's just such a like good fit for those two i would love other guys to be there like i would love Jahan dotson play with the packers i just don't yeah. think that they would do it <laughs> uh, with their threshold stuff but yeah I, pierce is really the guy i've tapped and maybe another guy that i mentioned with jalen tolbert if they i maybe in this third round uh looking at him Pierce has that kind of size and speed. What do you run at? Four four one. Yeah, yeah. And he plays like it too. Forty inch vertical too. Yep. Old. He was a former volleyball player. They tried him at linebacker a little bit in his career, and then they finally he was full time receiver in the COVID year, and he got hurt midway through the year. But he was starting to come along. And this past year, why I liked him was he, he vertically and intermediate routes. He's great, but he's longer. And what I was talking about earlier with Drake London and Justin Ross be able to sink. He's still learning kind of like how to throttle his speed. Like he kind of gets his long legs going and then he's like, oh, shoot, I can't stop. Like, you know, Mendoza from the Mighty Ducks movie. So like he kind of can't can't slow down. So he's learning how to do that. But then he like got better as the season went along. By the time he's playing Alabama, he's breaking those guys off when he's releasing. He's got good hands. He's tough. Um, He was like an ace special teamer throughout his college career. So that's like another probably appeal to get him on the field early. So and he's just like a true ball winner. Like every 50-50 ball he came down with. It, it was pretty pretty fun to watch like over a whole season. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. 
Then last one from Matt Pickett, loyal listener. Does Lazard have the potential to emerge as wide receiver one if any of the newly acquired wide receivers need time to acclimate? Is it more likely that Sammy Watkins is up to this challenge? I don't think Sammy Watkins is a lock to make the roster. You look at his contract, like that is an extremely low risk, high reward contract. It's like a vet men, basically. (laughs) and, And not just the jersey number. Devin Funches, they brought him on last year. He looked amazing to start camp, was coming up with everything. He's a physical specimen. And then he suffers a small injury and gets cut. Um, I'm not saying Sammy Watkins is going to get cut. Sure, it, maybe he flourishes with with Aaron Rodgers, but he has an injury history. And if a guy like Olave comes in, who I know you, know, you and other people have said he's you know, more of a natural, maybe wide receiver two to start. He's not maybe ready to be thrust into that wide receiver one role. I don't know if Lazard, I don't think Lazard can be a wide receiver one right off no. the bat, but if they have three or four wide receiver twos, a really good running game, a really good offensive line and a dominant defense, I've said this multiple times on here. I think that would be fine to kind of, come up with a different formula to win they've been knocked out of the playoffs two out of the last three years by a team that does that the 49ers who don't have a great passing game but run the ball really well block really well and have a really good defense so why can't it work here Aaron Rodgers might not like it but it would certainly take some stress off them yeah and I mean Tanyan's coming back like that's another pass catcher like you know that that's Lazard I see as more of a super role guy that you know, you dial up a couple plays for like, he's not a guy that eats 12 targets. He's right. more of a four to five, six target guy, but it's like, he may, he gets those three catches for 58 yards and, you know, we're good. We've got a couple great blocks. I just can't see him as a number one. I think I see him more as like a number three in a good passing attack, like kind of like, you know, just more of that Super Bowl guy. And that's what the Packers seem like they're going to, they're trying to go for it. And that's what it really seems like the smart teams are doing, you know, yeah. the Chiefs as well. They're going for, we'd rather have a whole bunch of number twos and threes and have our all world quarterback give them the boost, the 20% boost. And we'll just live that way. So that kind of, I don't hate it. That's kind of how I look at receivers anyways, too. So, yeah. Bill, <laughs> you know, final word. Yeah. You know, I actually want to ask about one guy here while we're at it. You know, Devontae would have catch 120 passes a year, and 40 of them would be just little receiver screens. Yeah, one something they'd thrown out there. And to me, that's Traylon Burks. I know we haven't hit on Traylon Burks. What do you think of him? Yeah, one of the weirdest watches of any player I've ever ever have ever watched in my entire life. But um, he's a project, and that is what you have to taking him. Less is more. So Devontae Adams is lining up all over the formation. Yeah. And like you said, with the one man bubbles and doing all that, Sean Burks is going to be like, Hey, this is your role. And we're going to have you run two routes from that until we can ask you to do more. But I compared him to Josh Gordon and that that's kind of more like his upside is he would be like a slant guy. And like you said, catching those bubbles and stuff. It's just that he doesn't have that outside receiving ability yet, even though he's a big body, he, he has no idea what he's doing on routes. And so everything has to be vertical. And it, as far as big he as big as he is, he's not an overwhelming blocker. There's a lot of plays where he they have him on a motion, and you can tell he's not getting the ball or not his main target on a play because he just kind of is lackadaisical. And that's where I think um, Lafleur said he said we want speed, but I think he also said we want smart receivers. Like really, I think he said something along that lines. Burke seems to me to be a guy that's still learning how to play football. Like he's still learning how to like use his traits and be a more polished guy. So I, I like Burks, 
but he's a guy that I've gotten kind of a little more lukewarm on because his situation has to be good to kind of unlock him. So like right now he might have to eat too many targets early to really make Aaron Rodgers happy. I think Aaron Rodgers get frustrated with him early. <laughs> can't block and can't run routes. Sounds like someone who would not do well in the Packers offense. Correct. And yeah, Matt, Matt LaFleur said, he's like, these guys got to get up to speed quick because yeah. Rodgers can just like look at you a certain way. And Devontae yep. would know what that means. Oh, I've spent years trying to figure out what they what the hand signals are. And there's a yeah. couple I've gotten. Like this is the the tight end flat thing he used to do. I got that yeah. one. But there be so many hidden little signals. And and what I've been heard is that he makes them up every week. And so that's why it's impossible to get a beat on him. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, I've tried for years going like, is that a go? Is that a yeah. is that is that a slant? Oh, take it. No, it's not. <laughs> it's impossible to figure out. And that's why it seems like a guy like Burks. Um, from what you're saying, probably wouldn't be a good fit, especially with a guy in Aaron Rodgers who is going to want a guy who can come in Plug right and away and, and yep. get everything pretty quick. And honestly, that I remember there was a practice in 2020 when A.J. Dillon did something wrong running a route out of the backfield, or maybe he just dropped a, a screen pass and, and Rodgers flipped out. And like Amari Rodgers had the same struggles last year. It's like, it's hard to do. It's not yep. easy. And, and it's more complicated than, oh, throw Chris Olave in there. And, and that'll help him and Sammy Watkins will help replace Devontae Adams. But look, Nate, we really appreciate you coming on. You know way more about these guys than we do. Uh, it'll be fascinating to see what the Packers do. I, I, yeah. I think there's a chance they take a wide receiver more so at 28 than 22. But I, I tend to agree with you thinking they, they wait till day two, day three just because of the value that's there in this draft. But you can read and listen to Nate at The Athletic, Bill obviously over at SI, myself at The Athletic. You'll be able to find a lot of us over this next week. Busy time of the year. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.